0: What did that, Clary, give you? Show everybody.
1: I don't want to. She just always gives you the nicest things, Ralphie. Oh, my
0: Oh, isn't that
1: sweet? Ralph, go upstairs and try it on. I don't want to. Go upstairs right now and try on that present. She went to all that trouble to make it. Now, go on. They're waiting. Oh, come on, Mom. Right now. Oh, isn't that cute? That is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. He <laughs> looks like a deranged Easter buddy. He doesn't he does, too. It looks like a pink nightmare. Are you be wearing that? Do you want to take it off? The tell the
0: kid to take it off.
1: Alright, you'll only wear it when Aunt Clara visits. Go on and take it off. Take it off!
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas! How many of you guys, by a show of hands, have ever received a gift you really didn't want? We all, we've all we all been there. It's kind of awkward, isn't it? I uh, actually had an aunt. She, she passed away a couple, few years ago. And... She uh, went home to be with the Lord, and she was in her late 90s, and she was notorious for giving us really strange gifts to to Shelly and I when we got married, and to me before that. And and just to give you a little context on on this aunt, this is the same aunt, true story. On Shelly and I's wedding day, we got married, and we're getting ready to leave the church to go on our honeymoon. She pulls me aside like in her 90s and tries to give me intimacy advice for my first night of marriage. (laughs) I'm still creeped out about that to this day. And so is my wife. That's the aunt. And she used to send me the weirdest gifts. But most years, I would get some kind of like hygiene product. I'd get like a toothbrush or a hairbrush and toothpaste. I'm like, does she not think I take care of myself? And then the last few years, she started sending a combined gift for Shelly and I. And I think several years in a row, we both got a $5 coupon um, for $5 off a meal at Red Lobster. So we went to Red Lobster, we had the coupon for $5 off. And so we've all gotten some strange gifts that we probably didn't really want. Well, today, this Christmas, I want to talk to you guys about the greatest gifts you'll ever get. And we're going to find out about this in one of the greatest verses in the Bible. It's John 3.16. So if you would, take out your Bibles and turn to John 3.16 this morning as we talk about the greatest gifts you'll ever get. You know, with all that goes on at Christmas, it's easy to kind of lose... The purpose and meaning of what Christmas is really all about if we're not careful. I mean, there's so many parties and shows and and gifts and things going on. It can distract us from the real purpose and meaning of Christmas. And the good news is the whole purpose of Christmas is summed up in one of the most famous verses in the Bible right here. John 3.16. And I want us to read it together. And it says this. Help me out, church. For God so what? Love. Well, we're not, not, not. See, you guys know this verse so well. You're like, For God so love the world, it gives on the God's side. No, no, no. Let's slow it down this Christmas and let's pay attention to every word. For God so love. Let's just stop right there. It all started with God's love. God loved us so much and so badly wanted us to have a relationship with Him. He gave us an incredible gift. It's what Christmas is all about. For God so loved the world that he, what's the next word? Gave. Gave. He gave us a gift. And what is that gift? He gave his only begotten son, Jesus. His one and only son. That whoever, that includes all of us. Nobody's excluded. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The gift that gives for all eternity For God did not send this gift of his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, that's what Christmas is really all about. It's all wrapped up in John 3.16. Christmas is about receiving God's gift to you. The tradition of giving at Christmas began with God giving the gift of his son to us. That's why we give gifts at Christmas, because he gave The first gift. He gave the most expensive gift. He gave the greatest gift, the gift of His Son, Jesus, that we might have eternal life. Are you thankful for that gift this morning, church? Say yes. Yes. That's what Christmas is all about. When you boil it right down to what, what is the real true meaning of Christmas, it's the gift of Jesus. And Christmas shows us that God loves us unconditionally. I mean, we didn't do anything to deserve the gift, we didn't do anything to earn the gift, we didn't even ask for the gift, but God loved us enough to send us the gift of Jesus. I would say that is the big gift this morning. The big gift is Jesus. And this box is going to represent Jesus as the big gift. But what you may not realize is that when God gave us Jesus, when we accept Jesus, God gave us even more than maybe what we realize. He gave us some other gifts when we were given Jesus. And when we accept the gift of Jesus, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul says this, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious what Gifts. Notice it's plural. There's some other gifts. I, I thank my God for you and the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. You know, have you ever received like a, a gift inside of a gift inside of a gift? You open like one, one, one box and inside it were other boxes or other gifts inside of that. That's what I want to talk to you about. The greatest gifts you'll ever get. Now it starts with the big gift. And this big box represents the big gift of accepting Jesus. But when you accept Jesus, he has some other incredible gifts that he gives you as well. All of God's gifts are wrapped up in the big gift of Jesus Christ. If you do a word study on the word gift or gifts, you'll find the word give, uh, gift or gifts 66 times in the New Testament. Talking about all the different gifts that are wrapped up inside of the big gift of Jesus. Now, you can breathe a sigh of relief this morning. We're not going to look at 66 gifts. And everybody said, amen, right? But we are going to look at four. I picked four of the Christmas gifts for us to look at this Christmas that are wrapped up inside of the big gift of Jesus. And so I hope you'll take some notes this morning. This is going to encourage you. When I accept God's big gift of Jesus, the first thing that's wrapped up inside of this is God also gives me a new identity, a new identity. When I accept the big gift of Jesus, inside of that gift is also The gift of a new identity. And identity is very important to a lot of people and should be to all of us. And a lot of people are confused about their identity and who they are. And especially who we are once we accept the big gift of Jesus. And I want to read a letter that was written to a pastor friend of mine about a a lady that was struggling with her identity. And she said, I feel like that for my entire life, I've been defined by others. I've been getting my identity from what everybody else says and thinks about me. First, my mom constantly berated me to be something or someone that I had no interest in. Sometimes my dad would join in and the pressure to perform, to please, and to gain their approval was overwhelming. I never felt validated for who I was. Then when I was in school, I always felt pressured by my friends to fit in, to be cool, to do things I didn't want to do or even like to do. I wore a mask and I pretended a lot in school. Then when I started dating and later when I married my spouse, I felt their constant pressure to please them and to stuff my own feelings and needs aside. I've worried so much my entire life about gaining the approval of others. I have no idea who I really am or what I'm supposed to be. You're not somebody with an identity. Problem. They don't really know who they are. They've had their identity stolen or taken away from them by others. You know, the fastest growing crime in America today is identity theft. You can buy insurance to protect your identity, whether it's your finances, you know, or your credit cards, your medical records, personal information. I think it was about this time, Christmas a year ago, Target announced they had 40 million credit card numbers stolen. Well, that's something to encourage you at Christmas, isn't it? If you shop to Target... People trying to steal our identity. But the truth is, we can all have our true identity stolen if we're not careful. Our true identities can be stolen by peer pressure and what other people think or by our parents like this lady or, or society or social media. And God wants to give us the gift of a new identity. When We accept the big gift of Jesus. He gives us a new identity. Now, let me ask you this morning, where do you get your identity from? For most people, we get our identity from one of three places, from our work, from our relationships or from our possessions, the things we have. You'll be able to say, "Yo, who are you? What do you do? Well, I'm an engineer. I'm a CPA. I'm a realtor. I'm a teacher. No, that, that's what you do, but that's not who you are. You know, we get, a lot of people get their identity from their relationships. I, I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a wife. I'm a grandparent. I'm a boss. Some people get their identity from their possessions and the things they have, the house they live in, the neighborhood that they live in. I mean, there's those in our area and community that live in reunion, and there's all the rest of us common folks. We get it. Some people get their identity from the car they drive or the size of their bank account. Can I give you some advice this morning? We should never get our identity from something we can lose. Think about that. We should never get our identity from something we can lose. You know, some people, their identity is wrapped up in the way they look, their appearance. But beauty fades with time. Anybody got a testimony? It's not something you can keep forever. Some people get their identity and their talents and their abilities that sometimes can go away. I knew guys that in high school and college their identity was wrapped up in, in their athletic ability. You know, in high school they were a jock and today they're a joke. You know what I'm talking about? Some people get their identity from their job or their possession or even their family. But those are all things that are temporary and we can lose them. And here's the good news this Christmas. God wants to give you a new identity, a true identity, and one that is everlasting and can never be taken away from you. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, in other words, they've accepted the big gift of Jesus, he, they become what kind of person? A new person. They're given a new identity. The old life, the old identity is gone and a new life has begun. A new life in Christ, a new identity. Now does this new identity in Christ when we accept Jesus as the big gift mean that we're perfect or we're sinless? Of course not. But it means your identity has changed. And it's something that can't be taken from you. It's something you can't lose. It means I am now, when I accept Christ, the big gift, I get a new identity. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am royalty in God's eyes. That's something that can never be taken away. We get a new life, a a fresh start, a new beginning, a blank slate, a do-over. In golf, we call it a mulligan. Maybe you can relate. Have there ever been times in your life that you said, man, I... I need a new start. I need a do-over. God specializes in fresh starts and do-overs and second chances. The new identity that we get, it's a gift from God when we accept the big gift of Jesus. You know, it's unfortunate that a lot of people allow their past to be their identity, their their fears, their failures, their, their faults. This is one of the things I love. We've, we've been able to offer at different times the Celebrate Recovery uh, ministry here to people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups here at Orchard Church. And one of the things I love about Celebrate Recovery that is, that is different than some other recovery programs is that the identity is based upon Jesus Christ. And at Celebrate Recovery, you'll hear people give their testimony and they'll say things like, Hi, my name is Doug and I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And through His grace and mercy, I have healing from whatever the past is. My identity isn't my past. My identity is that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Big difference. We don't want our identity to be our faults and our failures. And you know what? This this thing of a new identity, the gift of a new identity in Christ is such a big deal to God. And He so wants us to get this and not miss it. There's a whole entire ceremony that God wants us to participate in to remind us and the world of our new identity in Christ. You know what it's called? It's called baptism. That when someone accepts Christ, the Bible says the first thing they should do is be publicly baptized by immersion which is a picture when they go into the water of saying goodbye to the old life and old identity and, and hello to the new identity in Christ. And every time we baptize someone here at Orchard Church, we're celebrating the gift of a new identity in Christ. And here's the good news. In the nine years since Orchard Church started in our living room, almost a thousand people have been baptized here at Orchard Church. Adults and kids. We praise God for that. Just this year, in 2014 alone, we've had almost 100 people follow the Lord in believer's baptism. We've had so many people that are getting baptized on a regular basis. Uh, We've been doing baptism every about six to eight weeks, every two months. We've had so many people wanting to display their new identity in Christ that starting in January of 2015, we're going to have baptism every month. The last Sunday of the month, so we can accommodate all the people that want to display their new identity in Christ. That's exciting. That's so exciting. The gift of a new identity. We accept the big gift of Jesus. We get a new identity. We get, listen, church, we've got to stop believing the lies of the world and what the world has told us. The world says things like, you, you don't matter. You're, you're worthless. You're, you're damaged goods. You're, you're too young. You're too old. You're too tall. You're too short. You're never going to amount to anything. We need to stop believing the lies of the world and believe what this book says. The Bible, it says, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth about what? The truth about your new identity in Christ and who we are in Jesus Christ. You need to get your identity from God. And it's a gift He gives us. An identity that says you are valuable, you are acceptable, you're forgivable, you're lovable, you're usable. Are you thankful for that this this morning, church? This Christmas? The new identity we have in Christ? If we ended the service right now, that's something to celebrate. Amen? When I accept the gift us. That's where it all starts, accepting Jesus, God's gift of the Savior. He also gives me a new identity, but it doesn't stop there. God gives us another gift. Not only He gives us us a new identity, He gives us a new ability. He gives us a new ability. That's one of the gifts wrapped up inside the big gift of Jesus. He gives us a new power. He gives us a new strength. He gives us a new capacity to do things that we weren't able to do before. In other words, we're not depending on human willpower anymore. We're depending on God power and God's ability and what He can do in and through our life. You know, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate the new year, 2015, and people will try to make New Year's resolutions. We don't do too well on those, do we? They last a week or maybe a month, and then they go away. You know why? Because we try to do things on our own with human power, with willpower instead of God's power. Um, I try to work out in the gym year round. You say, why do you do that? I do that so I can eat. That's why I work out. That's the true story. I I, I work out so I can eat. So all these Christmas goodies, you know, I cannot feel bad about eating them because I'll I'll work them off. But I tell you, those of us that work out in the gym all year long on a regular basis, we hate January. Because that's when all the rest of you all show up and try to keep your New Year's resolution. The good news is, if we're just patient, by February, most of you are gone. And the regulars are back in there again. Because we, we try to do things to change on our own, but we just don't have the ability on our own to do it. And that's one of the reasons why we're starting this series I'm so excited about in January. A four-week series called Small Things, Big Difference. Some small things we can do biblically, scripturally in our life. Just some little things that we do them every day and every week and every month will make a huge difference in our life when we do it in God's power. And when you accept Jesus, the big gift... You've got a new power that God puts inside of you. You know what that gift is, That new ability? It's called the Holy Spirit. It's God's spirit. In Acts 2:38, Peter said it this way. Peter replied, "Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins." You know what that is? That's, that's accepting the big gift, Jesus. And then he will, you will receive what? The gift. everybody say gift? gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. You receive Jesus and, he, and immediately, at that moment that you accept Christ, he puts his spirit inside of you, his power, his strength inside of you that gives you a new supernatural ability to do some things you couldn't do before on your own. You wanted to do them, but you couldn't do them. Paul addressed this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. He says, for God is working where, church? In you. Notice he doesn't say he's working near you. It doesn't say he's working around you. God says he is working in you. His spirit is inside working in you, giving you the desire and the power, the new ability to do what pleases Him. You know, as I talk to people about their Christian walk and their, and their life, the problem with most people is it's not that we don't have the desire to change. Most of the time, people come to me and they talk to me, and when people go to counseling, they want to change. They have the desire to change. They just don't have the ability to change. People say, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better teenager. I want to be a better Christian. They have desire, but without Christ, we don't have the ability. But when we accept Jesus, the big gift, He gives us the power and the ability through His Holy Spirit working in us. It's a gift to change and to please God. Are you thankful for that, Orchard Church? And let me give you an example of this. This is a testimony from one of the men in our church. And how God gave him a new ability, a new power through Christ's spirit to change, to completely change his life. And he gave me permission to read this. He said, I spent a lot of wasted time in the past living very dangerously due due to drugs and alcohol. I have broken most of the bones of my body at least twice, including crushing my skull on a moving train and falling out of a car on i 25 I have a rod and screws holding my leg together from an alcohol-related accident. I've been mugged six times that I can remember by knife and gunpoint. Countless fights and car and motorcycle accidents. I had an uncanny ability to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I would always push things to the edge and further. I thought I had no fear. I have since discovered that I was afraid. I was a victim of abandonment, abuse and rejection by most of the people I relied on as a child growing up. I was in emotional pain and was living recklessly to cover that up. I figured that if I got hurt, at least the physical pain would overshadow the hurt inside of me. I didn't have the ability to heal and change. I didn't have the ability. I was always a good father, at least I thought. I always paid my bills and worked hard making my company successful, but I wasn't complete. My shaky marriage and bonehead decisions made life even more difficult. I was losing my family and was in the process of divorce. I knew I had to make a real change. I came to know about Jesus as a teenager at a neighborhood Bible rally. But I didn't really know Him. I didn't really know Jesus. I prayed all night, one night in November of 2013, and asked Jesus to take charge of my life. Because I am just messing it up, and I've never looked back since. I humbled myself and submitted my life to Christ. I gave my whole self to Him, and I finally understood what it meant to do so. God truly carried me through this process and taught me how to live again. Through the Bible, my accountability brothers, Orchard Church, and through prayer, I continue to learn how God wants to help me in every aspect and area of my life. I have since had the awesome opportunity of being discipled through Orchard Church and looking forward to discipling another man here at Orchard to spread the good news and the word of Jesus Christ. I now understand and I am so grateful that my faith in Christ has power. Real power. I know that through His word and with Him I am truly alive and I finally have the ability to be at peace. I thank God every day now for His gifts that He has not only promised but has made true in my life. At this Christmas I'm celebrating 13 months of sobriety. Can we praise God for that testimony? Wow! Man, and that's one of many testimonies of life change we've seen in the last year, several years here at Orchard Church as people accept the big gift of Jesus, the gift of Jesus, but they also get some other gifts and they get a new ability The Holy Spirit of God working in and through them to allow them to please God and do things they couldn't do on their own. But not only does God give us the ability to to change, but God gives us the ability to face our problems, our struggles, our difficulties. Maybe this Christmas, it's a tough Christmas for you because of something that's going on in your family or your finances or your future or your health. You know, we sing and talk about Christmas being the most wonderful time of the year, for some people it's the most challenging and the most difficult and heart-wrenching time of the year. Maybe you've lost someone this last year, a loved one or a friend and this is the first Christmas without them. That is that's tough. I've been there. And God gives you the ability not only to change but the ability to get through your struggles and your difficulties in life. You know, the apostle Paul, if you follow his life in the scriptures, the apostle Paul was a man that faced a lot of challenges and difficulties. And, and listen to what he said. His testimony was this. In 2 Corinthians 1, 8-10, we'll put it on the screen. He said, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. And what kind of trouble was it, Paul? He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Can you relate? You ever been there in your life? Facing something you didn't think you could get through on your own? Paul goes on and says, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stop relying on ourselves and our ability and and learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. And we have placed our confidence, our faith in him and he will continue to rescue us. Aren't you thankful for a God that gives us ability to face trials and tribulations in our life? To get through when we think we're going to die and we're not going to make it another day. And when we accept the gift of Jesus, the big gift, God gives us his spirit. He gives us his power to start over, the ability to change and face our trials and tribulations and to keep on going. Yes, Jesus is the big gift. It starts with Jesus, God's gift. But when you accept Jesus, the big gift, he also gives you a new ability. He gives you a new identity. Here's another one. God gives me a new family. He gives me a new family. When we accept Jesus, the big gift, He gives me a new family. You weren't meant to go through life alone and unsupported. None of us were. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto, didn't he? (laughs) God didn't want any of us to go through life alone and unsupported. Maybe you've never thought of it this way, but think of it this way. That the reason God created you was because he wanted a family. He wanted a kingdom. He wanted some people in his family. And he went to great lengths To make it possible for all of us to be a part of God's new family, his spiritual family. Paul said in Ephesians 1, 4, we'll put it on the screen. Even before he made the world, God, what's the next word, church? Love. See, it all starts with God's love. God loved us and he chose us in Christ, the big gift, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now watch this, I love this. God decided in advance to do what? To adopt us into his own family. To give us a new family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, the big gift. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. God wants all of us to be adopted into his family through Jesus Christ. For those of you that know my story and my testimony, um, I was adopted when I I was a baby. Uh, My mom was 16 years old. She was unmarried. She, She had me and she wanted me to have a home. And so my mom and dad that raised me on February 21st, 1968, they went to the hospital and they chose me and they adopted me and they brought me into a new family. Now, don't try to do the math. I know I just gave you my birthday. Some of you are like, okay, that's right. And I got, I got this new family and I, and I got this new home and I was, I was adopted into this new family. And I grew up always knowing I was adopted. My mom and dad, somebody said, when did you find out you are adopted? I said, I, I always knew. My mom and dad always told me that I was adopted, I was chosen, I was special. And they used to have fun with this. You know, with my friends, I would say, you know, my mom and dad came to the hospital and they chose me and they adopted me and they chose to take me home. Your mom and dad had to take you home. <laughs> they made you. <laughs> but you know what's cool? I've been twice adopted. Because I was adopted when I was born. Physically, but on July 4th, 1976, at eight years old, I accepted the big gift of Jesus. And I got a new family again, a spiritual family. I became a child of God. I became a son of God. And I was welcomed into a whole nother family. I've been twice adopted. Have you been adopted into God's family? That's one of the gifts you get when you accept Jesus, the big gift. But you get it this way in your notes, Christianity is not just about believing, it's about belonging. Believing in Jesus and then belonging to a new family. Now, I know some people when you talk about being children of God, people say, well, everybody is God's children. You know, God's everybody's father. Well, I'm sorry, I've got some bad news for you. According to the scriptures in the Bible, not everybody is in God's family. You have to make a choice and decision to be God's family, to be adopted into his family. God is everyone's creator and God certainly loves everybody and God wants everybody to have the gift of a new family, but we've got to be willing to receive that gift. We've got to be willing to ask Jesus to forgive our sins so that we can come into his new family. It has to be a time in our life. Jesus doesn't force that gift upon us. And I've got good news. If you're here today and you've never made that personal decision to receive Jesus Christ, the big gift, so you can have a new family, be adopted into God's family, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that before we close this morning. But you know what's cool? When we get this new family we become a child of God, God doesn't mean for us to be alone. And He he, he brings the family together. He brings brothers and sisters in Christ together. And, And you know what we call the place where brothers and sisters of God, the new family comes together? It's called the church. It's what we're doing here this morning. You see, Orchard Church, it's not a business, it's not an organization, it's not a social club. This is a gathering of God's family. It's God's family coming together. To encourage one another, pray for one another, and support one another, and love one another. The church is not a building. You know, since we started, we've met in a lot of different places in the last several years. We've had this wonderful building to meet in. And I know we're all excited. We now own all the 38 acres next door here. And we're, we're working on building a building. But you know what? It's never going to be about the building, Orchard Church. It's, that's just a place for God's family to meet. And whether it's at Prairie View High School or it's a rec center or it's a building of our own, it's not about the building, it's about the family. It's about the family, the new family that we have in Jesus Christ. God created you and I to support one another. God created this new family for for our support. This is why we always say to you guys here at Orchard Church, get in a small group. Get involved in one-on-one discipleship. I know some people say, man, but Orchard Church is so big now. I mean, it's like 1,500 people and three services. We all show up on the same day. And, 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 and we say this as a leadership team all the time. The bigger we get, the smaller we want to get. Because we always want to be a family. When you're in a small group, man, that's your family. That's people praying for you and caring for you and loving for you, loving you. We're getting ready to start signups, you know, just in a couple of Sundays for all of spring semester. If you're new at Orchard Church, get in the family. Don't just come on Sunday. Get in a small group. Get into discipleship. And you know another thing that's really cool that we get to do as a family? We get to serve together. And we get to serve the larger family, the worldwide family of God, the the, the church around the world. Because we have brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world. Amen? And one of the things that we do here at Orchard Church is we have three feeding centers that, that we fully support as a church. We're the only church that supports these feeding centers in the Philippines, in Haiti, in Mexico. And, and about three months ago, you guys gave like 500 Christmas shoe boxes to give to our kids. And this week, I got a picture of some of our kids. These are our kids in our feeding center in Haiti with your shoe boxes that you gave them for Christmas. Okay, and we we got to serve them in that way. And and they got little thank you signs. And I know some of you are already laughing. I'm Pastor Doe now. <laughs> Only the kids in Haiti can call me Pastor Doe. Half the church left after the first service. Oh, bye, Pastor Doe. But they said, Thank you, Pastor Doug. Uh, Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. Orchard Church is on all the signs thanking you. Isn't it fun to be able to do that for the family? Can we praise God for that? And thank you, guys. Thank you to, to so many of you that gave. And we'll we're, we're be getting pictures in from, from Mexico as well. And, and uh, you know, uh, Philippines. And we'll share those with you as we get those. You, because you know what? As a church family, we're better together. That's a good place for an amen. amen. We're better together. Amen. We need each other. We're a family. We get the gift of a new family. A church family. I want to share... a quick video testimony with you of a couple that came to our church a couple years ago and they didn't just find a church they found a family
1: When we moved back to Colorado we were looking for a Church to attend regularly, and uh, we had seen the Orchard billboards. And for a while, we actually went to some other churches, and Orchard was always in the back of our mind. We finally decided to come, and it was immediately, yeah. uh, it immediately felt like home.
0: Yeah, you just you just know as soon as you get here, and yeah, you walk through the doors and you see the people and. Uh, the, fin- the friendly faces, and everybody's really easy to talk to, and it's just it's been wonderful. So it was an instant connection. Coming to church and, you know, each Sunday and, and talking with people, sometimes for me, I know that that's real hard uh, being social, but, you know, when I got connected and I started meeting people on the worship team and, and other people in the church, it really kind of opened my heart, and it kind of it made uh, Orchard really feel like a family.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, you go to church and you're like, well, maybe can I serve? Do I have the time? But if you just jump in and do it, it's,
0: it's some, worth some, it. It's not, just, <laughs> it's not just worth it. It's actually
1: something you end up wanting to do. Yeah. I think as a believer, you you always want and pray for a church family where you feel completely comfortable. You feel like you are a part of the family. and. That's um true that you belong, that you'd be missed if you were gone. And, you know, that is, it is. Orchard is definitely, <laughs> has been a huge gift to our family and I know to many others as well.
0: can't even begin to say how much Orchard has, has been a gift to me, to be able to see how God um, just interacts in my whole family's life. We thank God for that testimony, isn't that wonderful? And, you know, there are many others we could have shown, hundreds of videos, many people have found a new, the gift of a new family here at Orchard Church, someone to love them and support them, a place to belong, but how about you? You know, maybe you're just here today as a guest, and maybe you're looking for a church, we would love for you to be a part of this church family. You say, well, I'm not really, a, I'm not into religion, I'm not a religious person. Perfect! Then you've come to the right place. Because at Orchard Church, it is never about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ and with each other in the family. Amen? Amen? God wants to give us the gift of a new family. There's one other gift that's wrapped up in the big gift of Jesus. When we accept Jesus, not only do we get the gift of a new identity and a new ability and a new family, but we get the gift, and I love this one, of a new destiny. We get a new destiny. You know, there's a lot of gifts that we get, whether at Christmas or other times, that just don't last. I remember as a kid, there were a lot of Christmas gifts. I would open Christmas morning, I'd have them broken by noon. And your kids do too, don't they? And I mean, then there's some weird gifts that we give people. I mean, Chia Pet. Whoever came up with the Chia Pet? Somebody made millions off that little furry thing. Or the Snuggie. Let me help you guys out. You want a Snuggie for Christmas? You don't have to buy one. Just take your bathrobe, put it on backwards. You got a Snuggie. Save you some money. That's what a Snuggie is. Those things don't last, but God's gifts last forever. He gives us a new destiny, and this is one of the most meaningful gifts to me, and I think to all of us as Christians and believers in Jesus Christ, the the gift of a new destiny, heaven. You know why? I'll tell you why this is so special and meaningful, the gift of a new destiny, because I have a lot of friends in heaven and I'm looking forward to seeing one day. I got all my grandparents in heaven that I'm looking forward to seeing someday. I got some aunts and uncles in heaven that I'm looking forward to seeing someday. My daddy's in heaven. He passed away about 14 years ago. And I still miss him. But I know I'm going to get to see him again someday. But you know, more than that, I get to see Jesus. I get to meet my Savior. I get to be with Him for all eternity. I get to meet my Heavenly Father. The God of this universe that created us and gave us the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Peter said it this way, to help us appreciate this gift of a new destiny that's wrapped up in the big gift of Jesus. He said in 1 Peter 1, 4, God has reserved for his children, the family, the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept where? In heaven for you. It's pure It's undefiled. It doesn't break. It's beyond the reach of change and decay. The gift of a new destiny. What an incredible gift God has given us through Jesus Christ. You know, at Christmas, every parent right now has been working so hard to to find that perfect gift for their kids. You know, if there's something, if there's a gift our kids want at Christmas, we'll do almost anything to find that gift and get that gift. Even if it means killing people at Target on Black Friday. Because we love our kids, and we want the best for our kids, and we want, we, we want to please our kids. Well, in that context, listen to what Jesus said. This is the first verse we memorize in our discipleship ministry here. It's in Matthew seven eleven. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, and we do, how much more your heavenly Father will he give good gifts to those who ask him? He wants to give us some amazing, good gifts. But you know what is sad? This blows my mind. There are some people that go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas after Christmas, and they never open the biggest and the best gift, the gift of Jesus. And all the other gifts, and these are just four of the many gifts that He gives us. Isn't it time this Christmas you open the biggest and the best gift? the eternal gift that keeps giving forever and forever when we accept Jesus the big gift wrapped inside of that is a new identity a new ability a new family a new destiny I mean where else are you gonna get these gifts? they're not on sale at Walmart there's no blue Blue light special at Kmart they're not on Amazon I mean where else are you gonna get these gifts except from Jesus through God that's why I think we can agree, this Christmas Orchard Church, these are the greatest gifts you'll ever get. This is the greatest gift you'll ever get, the gift of Jesus. So what should you do with these gifts? You should accept them, humbly and gratefully. Open the best gift this year. Open the best gift. Would you pray with me? With heads bowed in an attitude of prayer for just a moment. Jesus said your heavenly father wants to give good gifts to those who ask him. That's the key. You see, God doesn't force Jesus on us. We can't force anyone to accept our gifts or open our gifts. And God doesn't force them. He provided them through his son, Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he offers it to us. But we have to be willing to accept it by faith. And we've got to be willing to ask for it. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's how you get the big gift of Jesus and all the other gifts. Isn't it time this Christmas that you open the biggest and the best and the most eternal gift of all? Accept the big gift of Jesus and also get with it a new identity. Know who you are in Christ, a new ability. Some of you have been trying and trying and trying to change and you can't do it on your own. And God says, let me give you... My power and my spirit inside of you. God power. Let me give you a new family. So you can be loved and supported and cared for. Let me give you a new destiny. A home in heaven forever and ever. Why would you not want to open these gifts? And I believe there's some of you here this morning. Just like there were in the first service. That you're ready. It's your time. I don't believe that anyone is here. This Sunday. December 21st, 2014. By accident. Or coincidence. Some of you, God knew about this moment in your life before He made the world, where He could pour out His love and His mercy and His grace upon you and and offer you the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And it's time for you to open your heart and your life to Jesus and receive the best and the greatest gift of all. You say, Well, how do I how do I do that? You ask. How do you ask? Through prayer. That's how we talk to God. And I want to lead you in a prayer where you can ask God for these gifts. And you can ask Him for the biggest gift, the gift of salvation through Jesus. It's not a magic prayer. These aren't magic words. But if you put belief and faith behind this prayer, I'll help you with the words. But they have to come from your heart. And if they do, this Christmas, December 21st, 2014, you could look back and say, that was the day I received the greatest gifts I could ever receive. That was when I was adopted into God's family. That's my spiritual birthday. And if that's you this morning, you're ready to pray that prayer, would you just pray this prayer with me? I'll help you. If you're ready to ask Jesus for these gifts, it goes like this Jesus, I am asking you to come into my life today. I'm asking you for the gift of salvation. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want to have you in my life today. And thank you for all the other gifts that come with the gift of salvation, the gift of you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, forgiving me, Adopting me into your family. Choosing me. May I never take these gifts for granted. And may I grow to enjoy them and you more in the days ahead. Thank you, Jesus. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you just prayed that prayer of faith for the very first time, I want to pray for you. I want to thank God for your decision. I want to pray that you would grow in your relationship with Jesus in the days ahead. Would you just slip up your hand as a testimony? Pray for me, Pastor Doug. I received the gift of Jesus this morning. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, young man, a boy. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Thank you. Up on the top, thank you. Several hands. Anyone else? I prayed that prayer of faith. I meant it. I accepted the gift of Jesus and his salvation by faith this Christmas. Anyone else? Several hands. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who put their faith and trust in you today. I pray they would grow in their relationship with you in the days ahead. I pray that as a church family, we would welcome all these new believers as our brothers and sisters in Christ, and that we would meet them the way you do with love and grace and mercy and encouragement and hope and help and faith. Help disciple them to maturity as they enjoy the gift of you and all the other gifts that are wrapped up in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you for their decision today. May their lives never be the same as they grow in the days ahead. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I know we have a lot of believers here this morning, and you you can look back to a time in your life where you accepted the gift of Jesus. I hope this Christmas and this message will encourage you with all that we have in Jesus Christ. And there's so much more. We could spend all day talking about it. And I think the response is the response of Paul in 2 Corinthians nine fifteen. And Paul said this, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Listen, believers. Listen, family of God. Would you just right now, would you just from your seat, from your heart to God, just thank him. Thank him this Christmas for the greatest gift, the gift of his son Jesus that saved you. Thank him for the new identity he's given you the new ability he's given you to change and to face difficulties, the the new family that he has given you, the church, and thank him for the destiny, the new destiny of heaven that you get to be with him forever. Father, we just come to you. We thank you this morning for all of your gifts, and most importantly, the big gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, may we grow to know you more, love you more, talk to you more, be in your word more, God, and, and may we never take these gifts for granted, May this be one of the greatest Christmases of our life as we thank you and we celebrate your goodness and your gifts to us, the greatest gifts we'll ever get. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we thank the Lord for his amazing gifts this Christmas? Amen. If if you made a decision to accept Christ, um, and you prayed that prayer of faith, please let us know about that on your connection card. Just check that box so we can continue to pray for you. Uh, send you a little book in the mail that will help you in your uh, new relationship with Jesus. If you're a first-time guest here at Orchard Church this morning, thanks for being our guest uh, this Christmas season. We hope you'll plan to come again. If you filled out your guest connection card, please drop that in the offering bucket as it goes by. We're not interested in your money today, first-time guest, but we're definitely interested in you. Amen, church? And so drop that in so we can just send you a thank you note. and a. Uh, and a gift from our church. We have much to praise the Lord for this Christmas season. Let's stand as we close in a song of worship. Worship through our giving. We'll look forward to seeing all of you guys Christmas Eve, 2, 3, 4, or 5 o'clock. Grab some invite cards, and uh, let's see what God continues to do. Have a very Merry Christmas. God bless you guys.